Go Loud presents Read the Room. Yeah, like God. I said, we can't not talk about the Will Smith Chris Rock slap. I think it's the, been the biggest gift to the internet since maybe the cat in the wheelie bin. I don't know. It's uh, it's big. <laughs> you know, Paddy, that if you become a noun that can just follow a definite article, like the Pope, <laughs> the Rock, the Moon, the Secret, the Help, and now the Slap, like you've made it. Within twenty four hours, it was just the Slap. There's actually there's a, there's an Ameri- there's a novel that became a miniseries called The Slap. I'd say they're raging because now I, know, the slap I was thinking that as well. Thing. I'm Maya Dunphy. Hello there, I'm Paddy Courtney. And this is Read the Room, a podcast where we pull apart the people, the scenarios, the companies and the stories of the week. Where somebody through either dumb luck or simply being a dose failed to do just that. Read the Room. So Paddy, I can't not ask. The Oscars, did you see them? No, I fell asleep to be honest. Uh, See, I'm under the weather a bit and I just fell asleep. Why, did I miss anything? Oh, you're such a bloke, man flu. We have got some... And I know we don't do celebrity gossip, but we have to talk about the slap. What did you call me? I'm not a sap. <laughs> it's funny, the slap. Listen, I'll catch you up as a jingle plays in about 10 seconds. Come on. Okie dokie, great. Thanks. This week, we're talking about slappers, sappers, scones and schemers. We're coming for you all this episode as we kindly ask you to... Read the room! So, so yeah. this week, let's explain why our lovely Paddy is talking to us via a screen, naked from the waist down, I see. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, finally, it caught up with me after two and a quarter years. I finally got the COVID. Um, oh, no. Yeah, but uh, I'm grand. You know, I've got all the jabs that I possibly could need. So um, I was just a bit under the bed. I'm yeah, in my bed. You're so kind. You're so good. There's a weird thing, though, because COVID is now rampant and everyone has it. But I haven't got it yet. And there's now a weird thing going around that people are like, I'm not saying I'm a medical miracle. Or I'm not saying I've a great immune system, but it's, I haven't caught it yet. It's like this weird badge of honor that you haven't caught COVID. Like, fuck you know off. What? I, I honestly, well, you know, fuck off. I, I was hit. I was that person. Like, I couldn't believe so many people, friends and family got it. And I was like, these are all Egypt's like, that's, you, you got it because you're bad people. And so, yeah, karma caught up with me. And uh, finally, so then, yeah, COVID, Courtney, oh, wow. there you go. But I'm grand, I'm grand. And you know what? I'm a trooper. I'm a trooper. I'm from me sick bed. I'm here and I'm delivering this week's podcast with me pal Maya. So here we go. Oh so yeah, God, like such a bloke. Women with COVID <laughs> still doing the shopping. Still like every kid. You go. I managed to like prop up me pillows to talk to you. Wow, Paddy. Wow. Take him home for the team. Yeah, anyway, like the yeah, slap. Yeah, oh like God. I said, we can't not talk about the Will Smith Chris Rock slap. It's now. I think it's been the biggest gift to the internet since maybe the cat and the wheelie bin. I don't know. It's uh, it's big. There's memes everywhere. And it's now, you know, Paddy, that if you become a noun that can just follow a definite article, like the Pope, the Rock, uh, the Moon, the Secret, the Help, and now the Slap. Like, you've made it. Within 24 hours, it was just the Slap. There's actually... There's, a, there's, an Ameri- there's a, a novel that became a miniseries called The Slap. I'd say they're raging because now I, know, slap I was thinking that as well. Because it, it, it was familiar. Like, I, like when everybody's talking about The Slap, I was thinking, I've heard that somewhere. And I Googled it. And yeah, it was a, a miniseries. I didn't watch it. But I just thought, what a great idea for a story. Um, so, and like, I'm sure we've been in all that situation before, like where an unruly kid or drunk mate at a party and they could do with an L back of the hand, side of the tool kind of a thing. And... <laughs> Maybe not the second part, but you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, stop being out of order, give a bit of this. But I was, I, I got to brag here, first of all. Last weekend, I was shooting a film 
And so I didn't wait up to see the Oscars. I love the Oscars. I'm like, that's the one that I really go after every year. I do love it. I secretly deep down, I would love to be at the Oscars with something, be it a short, be it a feature, be it an animation, whatever it is. And so I purposely, well, whatever, seat filler. It's just, I would just happily be there. I don't, I just want to be at the Oscars, but like, I'm sorry. Fuck you, Will Smith. That like, that should have been the biggest day of your life, your family's life, the people involved in the film, King Richard. And you ruined it by just being an idiot. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that. We haven't spoke so well. I know. I, I agree. And there was a weird thing when it happened that everybody, you know, in the Twitterverse and in the audience and in the whole world who was watching kind of went quiet and nobody was quite sure what to say or who to be. Because there was, there was um, you know, a cohort of people saying, well, Chris Rock did make fun of a woman with an autoimmune condition. That aside, I mean, he claims he didn't know. Lots of people that I know said, does she have alopecia, sir? She's always had cropped hair and she's so gorgeous. We thought she'd shaved her head. Either way, of course, it's not right to make fun of somebody with alopecia. But I like, you know, it's a roasting. These people roast each other. And it was a bizarre. I, th- I think Will Smith's a very fragile man. I do. And whatever. What I want to know is what happened in that 10, 15 seconds between he Rock made the joke. It cut to them. Will Smith was laughing. Jada rolled her eyes. It cut back to Chris. He went, oh, here we go. And then what happened in that, in that inter, intervening 10, 15 seconds? Because something happened between Jada and Will that made him do I, that. And also in so many different ways, like Paddy, like there was that film Coda, which should have been the highlight of the evening. Also, like Will Smith winning the Best Actor Award. It's a big deal for the film, for him, and again, for diversity, all those reasons. And also so much talk over the last while of like toxic masculinity and for a man to get up and whack the man in the face. It's just like, because some people, that like, there was a lot of talk, especially online about, oh, that was staged, that was staged. I'm telling you, Paddy, maybe 10 years ago something like that might have been attempted to be staged but there's no way in 2022 things are so sensitive now that that would have been staged like an actual a physical assault no way and, and Chris Rock now I do believe that like there's no way that that joke was pre-approved that joke that he made wasn't in the script because a producer would have said uh yeah no she is alopecia we're don't don't go with that. So there was, there was a lot of kind of mistakes made, um, well, and I know. Well, like, do you, do you reckon so? Because like, do you remember? Like, I'm I'm thinking a few weeks back we were talking about uh, different gags, comedians. Like here we are talking about comedians again, and uh, and we've been in the funny world for years. So you go back to when we were talking about Jimmy Carr and his his gag, yeah. and we're thinking like that. That had to get through certain rounds of people, be it an editor, um, his own scriptwriter, the people in Netflix got it out there, and that gag about the uh, Romany Gypsies and the Holocaust. Yeah. It actually got out there. So I'm wondering, was it still like, you know, I'm not sure whether it was in the script or not. Like, and even so, like, that's the type of stuff Chris Rock would do anyway. And he said he's actually said worse down through the years. But I don't think whatever it was, it didn't warrant a slap. And like it like we see things in films all the time. We see things on the street. But I I honestly still think about it like quite traumatized. I don't want to be poor me, you know, I had to witness that. But I honestly, seeing somebody do that to another person, like you, 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 it stays with you for a while. It should never happen. We should never yeah. see anything like that. I have to say, I think, and you probably feel the same as someone who was stood on a stage and had to read an autocue or MC a gig. Chris Rock, his resilience was amazing because oh he oh got like he got a whack in the face. And he composed himself. He kept talking. He looked back at the autocue. He kind of said, oh, wow, or something. And he stumbled over a couple of words. Anyone else? And, you know, they always have a test card ready to go in case there's a technical fault or something at these things. But I would have expected him to just walk off for even 10 seconds and compose himself. And he didn't. He went, he was straight back in there. It was, it was amazing. But it was, oh, there's no denying. It was a physical assault. And there's simply no excuse for that. But no, I don't believe 
that 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 gag was was pre-approved. And I I I have like this is a bit of a, <laughs> a humble brag. I mean, I've written lots of scripts for award ceremonies, not the Oscars, unfortunately, but like the TV Now Awards party, for example. Now that's <laughs> glamorous. That's oh, that's the same. Well, the goodie bag is similar. <laughs> Did you hear about this? The goodie bag, the Oscar goodie oh. bag, is worth one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. I think the TV now, the TV now awards what? goodie bag had packet of fig rolls, voucher for guineas, packet of ice gems. One hundred thirty-eight thousand. If you guess, but here's the best thing because I was intrigued, Paddy, and I looked up exactly what's in that, and it's really it's so clever oh. because companies have to pay. It's essentially advertising to get your stuff into, you know, Brad Pitt's hands. And so companies pay to get their stuff, their swag into the bag. And there's stuff like candles and, and fancy chocolates. But a lot of it is experiences or gift vouchers. So actually, it's really smart. Um, so one of them, I think in, there, there was a $50,000 holiday to some um, castle in Scotland. So I think it's one of those things, a bit like you know, those five-star what? treatments where you, you get half the castle and a butler and staff. So, but I mean... They're probably never going to use that. So that, that that castle are now all over the news as being in the goodie bag. And then there was things like home renovation vouchers. But like like Denzel Washington or Kate Blanchett are not going to ring up Kitchen Wizard in downtown LA and go, I have this $2,000 <laughs> voucher. I'd like to think, you know, just get, you know, kitchen unit cupboards and some kind of art deco handles. They're not going to do that. So like these companies... But that, prob- that place probably just do... They probably only sell for two grand. You go, yeah. oh yeah, you get a chopping board. But are they? I mean, do you, I, I'd love to <laughs> know because every like, year, I mean, one year was worth 200 grand and most of that would have been vouchers and experience. And I, and I would love to know, and I'm sure somebody in the academy <laughs> would know, maybe a disgruntled employee would tell us, buddy, has anybody ever redeemed all the vouchers in the goodie bag? Like I would, I'd be on the phone going, hello, yeah, I'd like to book that date. Yeah, I'd like the kitchen cupboards, please. Yeah, come and do my garden. I want the biscuits. We have a, a, a mutual pal, Ross Whitaker, and Ross makes amazing documentaries. So now, and, and usually it's, it's sports orientated, but I think Ross should do, or we should do a documentary on follow the, follow the lead <gasps> back from those vouchers to who has ever cashed them in. And you'd love to see it because I'm sure the people who give those vouchers or give those experience want to find out that their um, stuff has got into the right hands. Episode Genuinely, got to, we, have got to, we have got to make this can documentary I, can... about the like following the goodie bag, the Oscar goodie bag. So what we could do is... Oh, I love this. Now you're thinking of it. See, I'm thinking of in order to follow through completely and perfectly, we have got to experience <laughs> all the uh, tokens and all the vouchers there. So to understand what it's like to receive one of these. Like, but seriously, a 200 grand goodie bag. Like if you make a short film or an animation and you're in the Oscars, you're going to get a 200 cr- uh, grand goodie bag and your film might only cost 10 you know or 15 what? grand to make. People always need goodie bags under seats. I'd be going around rifling a few of them. Oh. Like, Actually, do you know, the, the VIP oh, so Style yeah. Awards in Ireland, they do, they give it, there's a okay, good goodie go bag. That's a good goodie bag. Like, I, you know, I, I always keep wow. a bit of a I've tight never... grip on mine at that. Like, don't get, people get very drunk and then leave them under tables. And I'm saying to all the staff in the hotel, take that, take that, take oh, that. I it's think... worth a few quid. But the thing is, you say 200 grand, like I said, it's not actually worth 200 grand unless there was 200 grand in cash in the bag. Yeah. It's not worth it. But I, I do imagine, and I bet you the, um, the vouchers say non-transferable, you know, so it'll say like Jessica Chastain, non-transferable. So she can't give it to. But you mentioned earlier on there was something about Scotland, I think I read that there oh, there's a bullshit. bit of land yeah. 
in Scotland that was given away. Like, <laughs> ser- like I don't mind the stuff on the moon. Do you know this? You, you get What do you get somebody, a relative calls around and go, oh my God, online. And you go, oh, I got this patch of the moon for you. Knowing full well that they're never going to claim this. But in Scotland, that's actually doable. You turn up and you go, uh, sorry, uh, Jimmy, but uh, you're standing on my patch of land. I was at the Oscars for best editing and now you I own your foot garden. See, you, you would see do editing. that. You of course would I would. Do, that. do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hang on. But I've got to, like, but thinking about all these, okay, listen, I don't know if this is an ongoing feud between Chris Rock and Will Smith. And um, do do you remember, go back to what um, Rebel Williams said at the BAFTAs. She said, like, Will Will Smith was there. He said, I think the best performance in the past year was Will Smith being okay (laughs) with all his wife's boyfriends. And I thought, like, that's funny like so like and she goes the crowd groaned uh you know with no come on and she went like come on he's he, he never showed up which is perfect like so is he waiting to smack her now is this feud going on for a while and there's, there's bad blood apparently between chris rock and jada and will so he was obviously have a dig but you know what he came out smelling of roses and he was doing a string of gigs he's got a load of gigs tickets for his gigs i think they they were selling for 10 times the going rate on online because everybody wants, yeah, and Chris Rock came out on stage and he's like, look, he said, I know what you all want to hear and talk about, but before that happened, I did write a full show and I'm going to do my full show. And there are people wow. there. Nice one. He's the only person I've ever traveled to go and see a show. Like he played in London about 10, 15 years ago. He played in London. He wasn't doing any gigs in Ireland. And like, I bought tickets and flights to go and see him in London. And it didn't like, it didn't disappoint. It was, he was funny. Now he disappeared for a while. I don't know what he's been doing in the, uh, well, the last ten or so years, but um, um, this has definitely he's helped also him sell 57. tickets. Fifty-seven. Tell you what, he looks, looks oh, amazing. Yeah, he looks good, doesn't he? Oh, maybe that's why he got the slap. You're looking too good yeah, there, pal. Will Smith, Will Smith does <laughs> not to. age. And also, and it was a slap. It wasn't like it was. A, it wasn't a punch. It was a slap. Well, like, think, yeah. Like all these different people. It was an out. open palm slap. So now, I, here's I the thing, Patty. I'm sure. Again, you palm. have been in that. In, the world of comedy and all that but people do take things personally have you ever got got a dig have you ever been physically assaulted on stage well I, i'll tell you a couple of stories two i've i've witnessed some things okay the, the first one i remember that was horrific was jim jeffries the australian comic and I, I used to gig i just used to bump into jim quite a lot back in the day and jim has gone stratospheric now he's just an amazing good uh, storyteller but he was on stage at the comedy comedy store in in, in manchester and like he wasn't even directly talking to this guy. He was going off on a different sto- uh, a tangent. And a fella got up and got two or three horrible, horrible smacks wow. and punches into For his what? face before either the crowd or security. In 2007, he was talking, I don't know, I think he was talking about vaginas. So I don't know why this guy was getting upset that Jim was talking about vaginas and this fella got up and smacked him. And it was, it was horrible. that And fair play, like a, a bunch of them from the audience got up and wrestled this guy to the ground and, and chucked him out. And, and Jim was definitely like thrown by it and, um, and came back on stage to wrap up the show. He didn't kind of get to finish it, like, but shook. And another one was I was gigging with the a Canadian uh, comic uh, Phil Nickel at a, in Temple Bar at some weird comedy festival there. And he did the latter 10 minutes of his set in a headlock. <laughs> Some random, just 
He just stayed doing the gag like that. He was, he was trying to wrestle the microphone up under your man's arm and up to his face to be able to get but to finish off the guy. The other and all like, I'm thinking of... commitment to a minor assault to keep him in the headlock while he's still talking. But it was that stupid thing years ago like that of, of, of children fighting. Rather than have it, you just know you're not a good fighter. So you're, you're not going to stand up, trade digs at someone. So all you do is get them in a hold and say stuff like, to give in, to give in, to give in, to give in, to give in. And like, I... But what I like in my head, like I should have, like the re- the the genuine human in me should have said, Jesus, I should really, you know, hop in here and try and do something because none of the audience are going to help. Uh, but all in my head, I was thinking of, I'm on after him. Oh my god, like he's just. <laughs> but I was just thinking about me, poor me. But it did happen. There was I did I did suffer uh, some violence on stage years ago, um, twice. At Christmas parties, funny enough. What? Um, what is it with Christmas and comedy that people get so angry? So there was a gig in a, a club in town, and it was um it was the Sugar Club uh, on Leeson Street, and they were hosting a series of um corporate Christmas dues, and I was hosting this show, and I had to run on uh, run off and do a, a show later on, and the audience or the audience in that night were off on the piss in some pub down the road, and we we're going, we really have to start the show soon because I've got to be at another gig later on, another Christmas show. And they're going, no, they're on the way, they're on the way. They arrived in a, a company, I don't know what they did, with insurance or computers or some fucking thing. Anyway, they were mouldy drunk. They were like, e- even the guy that was organizing the gig, you know, they, you try not to be drunk. I'm the guy running this, and you're supposed to wait for us. We're paying your wages. You know, those people that just kind of like that, oh God. So I said, okay, right, just do the gig. I was two minutes on stage just setting up there who are you what are you doing I, we've a great show lined up for you and i could see this fellow walking down the uh, side of the um uh, the, the seats and he had a pint in his hand and the way he was walking Uh-oh. with it i went that pint's going over me oh, Jesus. i just know you yeah. just get that sense that, that he's not going to drink this and so as he's as he's walking towards the stage nice and slowly i went like i've no escape here i'm like I'm going to be assaulted. And the, the doorman or the bouncers at the door trying to sort more drunk people. I start gathering up the microphone in that kind of, um the, the, the cord of the microphone, like a kind of cabaret comedy loop. And as I'm gathering up, gathering up, sure Jeez. shit, he chucked the pint at me, glass, glass and all. And I was just like, I was thinking, well, I'm sober. I was able to kind of step out of the way, but still he drenched some of my clothes. And as he's walking off, I went like, I can't deal with this. Like, like why did you do that? And so, stupidly, here's me giving out about violence, I just fucked the microphone at the back of his head. And, uh, and it was like almost like a fishing rod. The, the, you could see the, the cord going <laughs> off, then bang, at the back of his head. And he was so drunk, he just turned around really slowly. I thought he was going to come at me again, and I just grabbed my coat, ran, and I have no idea what happened to the rest of and that show. And what was the reason? Night, like, Apart so, from, like, maybe I it was a point to Stella, it. and he was disappointed, but, like... Blind yeah. drunk. Jesus like, these people were Christ. on the piss for about five hours before they got to a comedy. Now, I'm on for having people in a comedy club, a few drinks, bit of crack, having a laugh, that, but these guys were so mouldy that they didn't know where they were. And also, the boss had paid for their tickets, and so they didn't kind of respect the night, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like, so and there were like, oh, people who don't God, even so. like as that much. As much as I'm giving it's it about, I love hecklers. I always loved hecklers because I always thought they were so funny. I love people having the bands from stage and we're slagging, they're slagging back. And even when I used to host shows back in the day, I would, uh, before I wrapped up the show, I'd say, and you were watching Darrow Breen, Jason Byrne. I would find out the names of the hecklers in the audience <laughs> yeah. and get, get them a round of applause and get that. And you know, and it made sense that way yeah. because they were part of the show and they helped it along. But um, And actually, I mean, uh, obviously like violence against women is a very different topic, 
But, you know, it's still the case that that kind of a dig or a punch or a headlock, it still tends to be blokes doing it to other blokes. Um, so I haven't, thank God. But I do I do remember about 10 years ago, I decided I was going to do a self-defense course. And it was one of those, what's it called? Krav Maga, that Israeli Krav Maga. Oh, Krav Maga. So I signed up prepaid for the whole 12 weeks. Yeah. And I was in a warehouse down near Portobello, walked in and it was on, there's about 12 people in the class and this very tough looking instructor. They were all big blokes. I was like, I've made a huge mistake. And this is why they do self-defense classes specifically <laughs> for women. Because usually as a woman, what you're trying to do is learn to defend yourself from a blow copping out at you at night um, not from people throwing pints in comedy clubs or hopefully other women so I went in and went oh I've made a huge mistake but I've paid for this and a lot of the men there a lot of Eastern European then there are men there a lot of men working as security guards a lot of men who'd been assaulted I wanted to come and learn a few skills and I was like Jesus I'm like you know how small I am wow. did you team up into twos and there was this guy so everyone teamed up there with, and this one guy Pavel was on his own and Pavel was six foot two and he was like well I guess we're together he's like okay and the first lesson one was headlocks and how to get out of a headlock gets me in a headlock he's like it's a bit tight Pavel he's like that's the idea and oh what he had God. to do was you had to twist your head punch <laughs> in the balls and as they loosen then you twist underneath I couldn't get out of Pavel's headlock and the instructor was like listen this scenario <laughs> hopefully wouldn't happen in real life and girls don't tend to get other girls into headlocks and Pavel still happy in the headlock and I was like well, just I I don't want to really hit and they go no but just just do the action of it and I could see him going Jesus Christ and I remember the guy's like would you like your money back it's like is that an option <laughs> but then again you, do you want your money back yes I, I do I'll fight you for it oh that was a tough class like, and then there was stuff like the a... sparring so you had to hold you know the, the, the boxing pads and again me and Pavel and oh, yeah. I thought and, and, and oh Jesus but yeah, and I, so I said, I better off standing against the wall. And then my spine was all bruised the next day. And I thought, if my arm even slips, he's going to break my jaw. Because he, and also the poor guy, he was there. I don't want to punch Jesus. you too hard. But the whole point was, so then the instructor looked, he said, My, you just sit out, you do it with me. And Pavel, you swap with other people so that you can actually, so all these kind of big lads just knocking the shite out of the, out of the, the punch bags. And it's like, oh. Are we, were, you the, yes. were you the only girl there? Because I have made a huge mistake. <laughs> it's just and it's a, funny because like the whole thing is like, you know say, my I friend Adele. That. Like and Adele, this is the girl we both used to work yeah. with in telly. Adele is one of my best mates. She also used to be a shop putter when she was she was a girl, and so she's much stronger than me. And I get, get I get away. drunk with Adele and go, you know, I can get out of a headlock. She's like, oh really? Come here. So she gets me into a headlock, and I now oh. have about five photographs of us drunk in very like in Cuba, in Amsterdam, in Dublin of me in a headlock that I and had on our wedding day that I can't get out of. Fucking gold. That is. Can I just tell you? I've got this weird flashback of. <laughs> I forgot that it was Adele. So there was random times that we were working together and doing stuff and maybe at the end of the show, whatever, and I'm kind of like cleaning up or getting ready to go home or whatever. And I look in the corner and there's <laughs> you in a headlock by Adele. And I go like that. Okay, I thought the show went well. I was wondering, go, nice one, Adele. Go on, get stuck in. And I was thinking, should I hop in Do you here? know what, though? And I always, I said help, to her, I could get out of it, but I just don't want to hurt you. <laughs> like, that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's there, yeah. I love that one. Don't, don't have me. Don't hold me back. Hold me back. There's nobody here. <laughs> and here's hold the thing. Back. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> uncomfortable with physical uh, aggression and physical violence, as most good people are. Now, verbal. A verbal assault, Paddy, I can handle. Oh, no, you're good at that. You're, you're good at the L verbals. Now, I wouldn't take you on. Like, I wouldn't take you on in a verbal assault like I, I bring a dictionary and you bring a thesaurus to the whole the, the fight whereas Adele could take both of <laughs> us at the up. same time do you remember the Podge and Raj stage show because you were doing warm up yes. and MCing for that and do you remember yeah. I was toilet bitch 
<laughs> yeah, I, and that was it. Was I'll explain what that was. Marjorie Marsh show live. Now, it was so yeah. funny. I think it was called. It was Desperate for Housewives. It was called. And during the there was an interval. And during the <laughs> interval, everyone went to get a drink. And when they all came back, and the lights came up, and Marjorie came back on, and Marjorie got ready to start a uh, part two. And then Podge would go, no, no, hang on. Someone's not back from the toilet yet. And the spotlight, and it was all, obviously it was rehearsed. The spotlight shone on this empty seat. And Raj would say, oh God, who's that? And Podge goes, let's check the toilet CCTV. And it cut to what was the toilets in Vicar Street. And everyone knew that. And one door's closed. And you hear these farting noises and steam coming from under the door. And it was totally over the top. And Podge goes, oh, that poor bastard. And Raj goes, that's the ladies. <laughs> and everyone's going, oh! And then the lads go, okay, well, the next person to come in that door is that filthy, that filthy woman from the toilets. When she comes in, everyone turns the door and goes, yeah, what was it? You dirty bitch. Like, you wouldn't do it now. But obviously, it was all set up. And... Um, so the next thing, Raj goes, she's coming, she's coming. The door opens, I have a pint in one hand and I had to walk in. And we were supposed to find an actress to do it and we couldn't find anyone who would do it. Yeah, no! like, I wonder why. So the, and I was like producing, and I was like, you're here every night anyway. So I said, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. Oh my God. People were so kind because I walked in with the pint, a spotlight on me. No, you dirty bitch. And I had to look crestfallen, which wasn't hard to do. And then sit down in my seat and everyone, every night turned to me and went, are you all right? It was just, we, we know that we know that wasn't you making the noise in the toilet. Said, what noise in the toilets? What's going on? And I'd stay for maybe 10 minutes and I'd kind of sneak out and people would, one woman followed me and said, are you all right? It's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> very funny. Very, very funny. Yeah. You wouldn't have an emotion, <laughs> would you please? <laughs> but, but then I'd say, like, we, so we have all those, like, there's cool feuds. Like, I, again, I go back to, is this a genuine feud? And I, I actually looked it up to see, like, okay, who are the, the biggest celebrity feuds out there? Because I don't give a fuck about celebrities, no, to be fair. Like, I, just, I hate the name celebrity. It's just because they're, they're celebrating the wrong thing, and I think they should change it. And I just went on online. I looked at um, various feuds. I see Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift versus <laughs> the world. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Chloe Grace Moretz. I was there going, and I didn't even look to no. see who these were. Chloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. Now I've heard of some of these people: Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. That must be an old one. Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. So there's cer- certain people that keep turning up time and time again. Um, and then I just went, Do you know what? Maybe I should look to see if there's any Irish feuds. And I just typed in. Honestly, I just typed in famous Irish feuds, and it came up: the Kinnan <laughs> Cartel and the Hutch Gang. <laughs> The Crumlin Grimlin feud, the Drada feud, the Gucci gang versus rivals in Dublin. So the rivals in Dublin don't even wear clothes. It was just the Gucci gang versus the rivals. And I went like, no. And I had clear, to I want to tell everyone, that by our listeners in. that, you know, our celebrities are not all, you know, drug gangs. <laughs> no, but that seemed to be that. I just put in famous I refuse. But then I said, listen, I, I, I have to put in that horrible word celebrity. And I did get a few. So you might recognize some of these. The first one that came up, this is, nine, this is from the Daily Edge. Nine of the most iconic Irish celebrity feuds. And the first one was Linda Twink. Martin that was versus gold. Twink. That was gold. Oh, yeah, and Linda Martin and Billy from Aslan. And I I was there that night, Paddy. That was, oh my God. That was a late, wow. late show Eurovision panel. What was I doing there? I have no idea. 
Um, I don't know. They obviously wanted some kind of mixed demographic. But yeah, Billy from Aslan made some comment um, about Louis Walsh and Linda. I mean, Linda, one thing about Linda is um, she's a good person to have on your side. Like she will she will jump to your defense. She's a uh, she's actually she's a lovely lady. And she jumped up and called him an odious little man or something like that. And he was uh, uh, on a live TV show. So, you know, she, she takes no prisoners. And then I and then I got her in a headlock. You do not no, fuck with not Linda Martin. Martin in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To give in, to give in, to give in. Leave Billy Walsh. So then there's loads of that. Like, so the same people keep cropping up in Ireland. So it's Linda Martin versus Twink, Linda Martin versus Billy Walsh. Then it's Louis or Billy McGuinness, Louis Walsh versus Twink ones Billy too. McGuinness. There's kind of there's Venn diagrams versus... there, and Twink features in a lot of them, I'd imagine. Francis Brennan versus Sligo. What did Sligo do to Francis Brennan? <laughs> you can't take the, out a full I love county, the Irish ones. Like we have, you know, they have Beyonce's sister slapping Jay-Z in a lift and we have Francis Brennan versus Sligo. <laughs> Sligo. <laughs> just great. Oh, I love it. Okay, listen, that's enough, enough of the feuds. What we're basically trying to say, oh, and I do, sorry, I do recommend that everybody look up uh, what um, Pedro Amaldivar said. He has a, an essay about his time at the Oscars. It is phenomenal. The man has beautiful, beautiful words. And um, Pedro I, I just Almodovar, one the, small the director. at the end. Yeah, the director. Ridiculous. He said um, he was there at the Oscars and he was kind of shocked by it all. And it just said, uh, still, as I said, I was very close to the protagonist. What I saw and heard produced a feeling of absolute rejection in me, not only during the episode, but after it too, in the acceptance speech, a speech that seemed more like that of a cult leader. You don't defend or protect the family with your fists. And no, the devil doesn't take advantage of key moments to do his work. The devil, in fact, doesn't exist. It is a fundamentalist speech that we should neither hear nor see. He's well amazing. said, Pedro. You know what? I hope Pedro Almodovar yeah. took two goodie bags home. <laughs> I want to work with him. Right, let's wrap up the show and end the slap because I'm sure this is going to run and run and run. The slap will become a fist, will become a headlock, will become, it'll just drag on and on and on. But the other really awful thing is the Academy now have to consider whether or not to take Will Smith's award back, uh, which I, I hope doesn't happen. I hope that he can oh. be genuinely sorry and we can all move no. on from it. But anyway, but listen. Okay. Okay, whatever whatever happens I, he should like well here's my top of I don't think he should take no. the uh, award away from and that is it for this week folks thanks a million for listening to us again on Read the Room it might have been a bit disjointed but I blame Covid on that because I'm recording from my bed literally in my bed while Maya is back in the studio so make sure to give us a follow on at Paddy C Courtney this week the C stands for Covid obviously and at Maya Dunphy on all the social media platforms for the latest updates and for any questions and comments or anything you want to say just send us an email to readtheroom at goloudnow.com we read them all we swear for myself and Maya thanks a million as always for listening take care chat to you next week Go Loud presents Read the Room a podcast written hosted and researched by Maya Dunphy and Paddy Courtney and produced at Go Loud Studios executive produced for Go Loud by me D-Ready if you like what you heard please make sure to subscribe to the show and tell your friends to check it out too And if you're feeling extra kind, please do leave us a review that will help people like you find our podcast. And don't forget, if you think anyone or anything is in need of the Read the Room treatment, then you can let us know at readtheroom at goloudnow.com. We'll be back next week, unless they're cancelled by then. Um, Sorry, I can't wear headphones like this. I have small ears. Um, no, your ears, your ears are normal size, but is it like? No, do you mean ear holes? Missing. You see that? Like there should be. A-
you either have a flap that goes up there of cartilage <laughs> to hold it in. I don't have that flap. I have quite small flaps, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. Um, well, I I just can't say anything to that. Well, it's the upside of having a C-section as well. Flaps okay, in. right. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs>